When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. Real quick, we want to give a shout out to our Patreon subscriber, Sean Parks. You can follow him on Twitter at ShawneeConstant. It is S-H-O-N-N-Y-C-O-N-S-T-A-N-T. He is a very frequent uh, contributor to our Facebook page. Uh, I've definitely seen him tweeting our stuff on Twitter a whole bunch. He's a really cool dude, so thank you so much for your donation, Sean. Uh, I know that he told me when I last talked to him that he has a podcast that he might be starting up soon, but until we have the details for that, we're not going to get too far into it. But keep your eyes peeled, follow him on Twitter, and that will be when you hear about the episode before any of us do. Uh, And then, you know, we'll give him another shout-out when that episode's ready to be promoted. Uh, But now, let's talk about a movie. We talked about a film where something that's supposed to be good for you instead horribly mutates your body. No, we talked about body melt last week, but this week we're talking about the stuff. So join us as Adam, Scott, and I go through the exact same shit we went through last week with the stuff. (laughs) To its credit, though, the stuff is far more entertaining. Yeah, I have so many notes for this movie. Um, I do. (laughs) Dude, this movie starts so abruptly, like... I thought that I was missing something. Like, it just immediately kicks off right out the gate. Uh, and I have a question. So the movie starts off, there's these two guys, and they're walking around, and they see what looks like snow, but it's like liquidy snow bubbling out of the ground. 
would you just decide to eat something like that as you found it in the ground? <laughs> yeah, my first inclination is to put anything bubbling out of the ground in my mouth. <laughs> like, any any white. white gooey substance that I just see hanging around, I just gotta just, put it in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even, I, I don't even ask. I just, I just kiss. Yeah, it's so so that oh, happens. This, okay, so how about this? So the one weird Wilford Brimley motherfucker is eating this stuff like a madman out of the, the ground. And his buddy yells over and he's like, what are you doing? Eating <laughs> snow? And, and the guy's like, no, come over here. And he's like, he's like, try this. He's like, I don't eat snow. <laughs> How dare you accuse me of being one of those snow eaters. <laughs> like I just thought I love this film like I've seen this movie way too many times so, so this was a complete joy to watch but like people's reactions in this movie are like they're robots well speaking people. speaking of people's reactions in this movie we get introduced to uh, the little boy who's one of our main heroes and he is overacting mosquito bites like a motherfucker like he's laying in bed he's flopping around he's just like slapping his body all over the place he's like god damn it they're eating me alive and then he closes the window like why would you have the window open with no screen in the middle of summer you're a fucking idiot and then like the dad like like maybe i just had a low like a laid-back lifestyle as a kid but that dude is really pissed that his kid got up in the middle of the night to get food. Like he's just no, like, no, straight up, that dad is a, is a huge asshole. <laughs> that dad is like a narcissist. He's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Get the fuck back to bed. I could have killed you. <laughs> <laughs> I shut up, you son of a bitch. He's like, what is this? What is happening? And then it like this movie's so chaotic because all that happens. This is like three minutes in the movie. All this, yeah, oh, yeah, has, yeah. all this happens, and then it cuts to this commercial for the stuff, and like it is the creepiest commercial. Like I would never buy this product. It's I like don't this... remember what products were marketed like in the eighties though, because oh, this movie God. is a great send up of eighties consumerism. And I mean, I that's why I love it though because it's like very very well done i mean it, it's low budget it's a b movie but i feel like the the satire is really well done and uh <clears throat> so w- this is theme stuff theme number one yeah. of three <laughs> well like <laughs> so, this movie's amazing so yeah so she's staring into the camera she looks like she's like on f- on fucking crack and she's just like well she is the it, stuff is it makes you feel good she goes when i was a little girl my favorite thing in the world was ice cream. I never thought that there'd be something that I would love more than ice cream. Now there is. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like it tells you. This is, this is as if, uh, like, like Scott said, either a robot or an alien who's just trying to approximate human behavior. Like, yeah. This is how they imagine human beings would act, but nobody in their right mind would act this way. And it, even I think even Mo, to an extent, is, is just like a weird... Not human being. Yeah, I don't he get is. It. He is throughout this entire movie so laid back about everything that's happening. Like he is. Oh, what? Who, but he, he. He. It's just so that his character can have like that southern drawl sometimes. Yeah, but and like, then he can have these shitty puns sometimes. To Even jump till the end of the movie yeah. when he knows the stuff is killing people. He's like, "Well, I, I've, I've, I've got a gun on you, and I, I, I'm going to make you eat the stuff." 
No, that's so, what I'm gonna do. So the best. What the fuck, Mo? Have some sort of no, the best. The best part of his laid backness is when they're in the radio station, and uh, Chocolate Chip Charlie, who is the star of this movie in my eyes, uh, bursts <laughs> bursts apart, and there's just like it's like the blob. It's this huge fucking thing of the stuff, and he like very casually just like breaks a glass window and just climbs in there and just like plucking people up and setting the stuff on fire like super cash like. <laughs> It's with, the, with well, electricity, uh, though. Is that yeah. how electricity works? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He shoots uh, a cable. Well, uh, well, folks, here here in the studio, uh, a man just exploded. So I, I guess I better be hitting the old dusty trail. <laughs> I, I got to get on my way now. I, I'd I'll love talk to y'all later. I'd love for Mo to do like War of the Worlds radio broadcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it appears that there's uh, aliens coming down here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, I'd, I'd suggest that you, you all get in your home and and board up the windows because uh, they're they're exploding people. They're, uh, people turning into dust out there. So uh, uh, it's just the, the craziest thing I think I've ever seen. So so why do they call him Mo? Because I don't think they really explain that in the movie. Oh oh, they call him Mo because he never panics. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking gold. Thank you, Scott. Well, I had to make up for the year and a half of shitty puns that I've done on this show. Um, so I love that scene when he's he, he punched the shit out of a couple people on the houseboat, uh, on the, the, the yacht, and he's like, and they're like, gotta keep the world safe for ice cream. You know, like, ice cream. It's, like, it's like some shadow government that sells ice cream. I mean, I fell for it. Ice cream is my favorite thing because there is no stuff in the world. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I love that. I just fucking love that scene so much. Um, and then the, the, I th- I believe that um, – well, this movie is so like socially conscious about the whole – concept and it's so also it's super meta like it knows that it's going to be a b movie and it knows exactly what it wants to accomplish and it does but it also does it in such a lazy way that you're like are they for real it's just great Uh, this movie you can't you cannot fight me on how entertainingly crappy this film is oh no it's fantastic um so We've, we're now at my favorite scene in this entire movie, and I have, like, four rapid-fire notes. It's wait, wait, wait. Did, did we already go – I think that you went past it because Mo meets the, the ice cream lords on the yacht before yeah. you see the – before you see that first um, uh, first stuff, um, the photo shoot, where she's like uh, – isn't that where it is? Oh, no. or is there – is that that's, – that's the second – that's the second theme yeah. that comes up. That's the Pat Benatar theme where the women are like, they're like, hmm, they do like three lines of Coke or maybe they just eat three cans of the stuff. And then they're like, what do we need to use to sell the stuff? Women in bikinis wearing gigantic fur coats. Like that that makes sense, right? Yeah. Everything makes sense with it, enough cocaine. <laughs> so my favorite scene in this movie is – the, the following morning, so Little K goes downstairs for a midnight snack. He sees that the stuff is moving around in the fridge, and then his dad, like, wants to murder him. Um, and it's this family dinner, or family breakfast, and the mom's like, to his, to her older bro- to the older brother, like, 
go wake up Joey or whatever the fucking name is. He goes, Mom, my cereal's gonna get all soggy. Like he's like, and like and he's just <laughs> oh my god, he's just like Jesus, Mark. God, plug in the pressure cooker so we can have some chicken parmesan tonight, ma. And he's like just standing there, like, and, like, like we, man, that was good. That's totally off the cuff, too. I know you, but um, when you go to the but, store, get some marinara sauce for that chicken parmesan. Uh, and he's just standing there, like he's holding the fridge door open for like three goddamn minutes. As they're discussing and stuff with the kid, and I'm just sitting watching the TV, being like. Shut the door! Like, he's not doing anything. Like, I'm getting so angry. Listen, here's the thing about the stuff, is that it's okay if it stays out. It's supposed to be refrigerated, but it's not gonna go bad, apparently. Yeah, but what about That's the other it. stuff in the fridge, Scott? That's more where my concern is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares, because all they're gonna do is eat the stuff. Yeah, and also, real food. apparently it's their only choice, because the grocery store's like 75% the stuff when that kid goes in there and raids it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, fucking that kid- I love that the kid goes in and just starts trashing shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, that kid is not that fast. There should be people that are like, fucking kid, and they just grab him. But no, he gets to do, like, thousands of dollars of damage to that grocery store. Also, that might be the best part of any 80s kids movie would be – I mean, if you were the kid acting, you'd be like, wait, I get to break shit and get paid to do it? I just get to run around screaming and shaking a broom? (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, you know know everybody here loves Stranger Things. Um, that would have been like if, if we were kids nowadays and we got to do Stranger Things, that's the closest approximation to being in the stuff because you just get to break stuff. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, this kid is it's pretty much present in most of the best scenes in this movie. Um, but we finally get to meet Chocolate Chip Charlie. I love it. Uh, Chocolate Chip Charlie is also a shining example of why um, Larry Cohen, who made this movie, uh, thinks that this movie said that this movie was never a horror film it was always going to be a comedy and it makes sense because he cast garrett morris as as chocolate chip charlie who's pretty much most well known for snl uh around that time um he looks familiar and i never dude i've seen this movie so many times i never put that together yeah he was the original snl cast member he was from like the bill murray john belushi days um it's funny though because in an interview with him they did a he got interviewed for some website and uh they they were talking to him about the stuff and he was just like, "Yeah, that was a that was a rough movie." And they were like, "Well, you know, how'd you feel about Larry Cohen? Like, you know, he's got a, a history of being a, a pretty interesting director and all he said was, "My mom told me to never say anything that isn't nice about people." And that was all he had That's to say. It's <laughs> like, yeah. like Okay, so I guess they didn't have a good time on the set. <laughs> so, so Larry Cohen, do, what else did he do? Mostly the It's Alive franchise. It's Alive? Yeah, the one like the mutant baby thing. Have you never seen the It's Alive movies? It's Alive? I, don't, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it's about a, a woman who gives birth to like a mutant killer baby, and it's the dad trying to find the baby as it runs loose through the streets of New York. And they made three of these movies. Wow, I I think I might very very vaguely remember the cover of the first one, but, yeah. but uh, have you also, seen any of them? I've seen the first one. It's okay. He also wrote uh, Phone Booth. <laughs> yeah, 
He also wrote Maniac. He wrote Maniac Cop. There we go. (laughs) Wow. Oh, and he wrote Uncle Sam, if you remember that movie from the 90s. Oh, man. Uncle Sam is garbage. (laughs) (laughs) But one day we'll watch it for, like, Fourth of July episode or something. Yeah, that'll have to be our year three, one, uh, our three hundredth, or no, no, our our hundred fiftieth episode. That would be like right around July, right? Probably sometime around then. We'll Whatever. suffer through fucking Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. I mean, I was, I think I was like thirteen when that movie came out, and I saw it uh, when it came on video, uh, thirteen or fourteen, and I watched it and was so underwhelmed. <laughs> See, I remember I I've been like. That came out in Jack Frost, and there was... Oh, oh yeah, the holographic other... the holographic covers were a huge thing, yes. like I said. That's exactly what's connecting those. They must have been by the same company. Yeah, uh, and he also did Cue the Winged Serpent, which is pretty fun. Um, which I've never seen. Yeah, that one... I, I would have never watched it, except for my buddy did a... Uh, for, for Halloween one year, he was like, I'm going to watch a different horror movie each day... In like f- representing every letter of the alphabet for the first like you know however many letters of the alphabet there are twenty six I think um, and then like the last four days will just be like the move like movies that I really want to watch um, and he was like yeah. I only had one choice for Q <laughs> so he's like I watched Q the Winged Serpent and he's like it was pretty good <laughs> so I uh, I Netflixed it and I was like oh that is pretty good actually um, so so the movie kind of like. My notes have a really long gap at this point because it kind of just turns into like a lot of chase sequences uh, around this point. Wait, wait, wait. Did you miss the part where the kid pukes in the back of the car and is like, I'm sorry, I just ate shaving cream. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's that's where my notes start back up. Because, oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, the, he comes home. He realizes that the, the people who are eating the stuff are turning into like kind, kind of mindless, obsessed zombies, right? And, uh, right, but there's a really cool line there that I, that I do think is a nice kind of chilling piece of consumerism, you know, like commentary. It's when the dad, I think the dad says, uh, it's, full of, it's full of good things like yogurt. Um, they kill the bad things inside of us. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, I really like that line. Um, so yeah, so what what Mo has discovered is that people who eat the stuff, it's essentially like a, a bacterial virus that is just like, or I guess parasitic more so. That's like eating out all of your insides and then eventually controlling your body like a hollow shell, so that when people punch you, your face just like crumbles because there's nothing. Um, so oh, wait, so it can pop out of you and back in too, right? Because when he and he and Chocolate Chip Charlie go to that abandoned town. Like the one guy's like, "I'll be back," and then he like heals over, but then like comes wakes up again or something. Yeah, something weird like that. I think it depends on if the face is completely shattered or not. Um, well, they'll also like find a whole room of people that look dead, and then Mo will be like, "Oh, wh- whatever was inside of them must have must have run away." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so they force they basically force this little kid. They're like, "Look, you take this stuff." You're going up there or you're starving, so you better eat this, boy. So he goes into the bathroom and he dumps it in the toilet. And the whole time, all I can think is, is that a Twisted Sister poster on the wall in the bathroom? Because <laughs> I, I'm convinced that there was. And I couldn't – I didn't take the time to pause it. 
But I screenshot that yeah, shit. Please, there is. All right, I'll find it. I'll find it. There's almost definitely a twisted sister poster hanging in the bathroom for all of the shots where he's like dumping stuff in the toilet, and all I can think is like maybe they shot two different scenes and then spliced it together. Uh, but then he fills the canister with shaving cream and is pretty content eating the shaving cream. Like, <laughs> I almost feel like. You know, you're in a bathroom. You probably could have gotten away with toothpaste, and it wouldn't be eating shaving cream. <laughs> like, like, oh my god, <laughs> nobody has thought of that until you. You know that, like, but, that is but life hacks by Matt Kelly. So, so you said the line was like, "Sorry, I threw up. I've been, I've been eating shaving cream," and Mo very calmly just says. Everybody's eating shaving cream once in a while. Whatever the fuck that means. His really? shit. Again, Mo, where are you from? <laughs> what planet are you living on? Like, it's well, like he's giving some, some type of like Yoda shit. Like he's like giving some, you know, uh, really like touching people with this deep statement. You know, everybody, everybody has to eat a fair amount of shaving cream once in a while. You know, they they call me Mo because whenever I, I eat shaving cream, I always want Mo. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> um, so uh, you also are missing the part where he very calm is like, "Can you roll down the window, son?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this fucking movie, man! I, I, it's a blast. It's so much yeah, fun. I think that this is the point where we get to the third theme song because they're like in the hotel, right? And they, the hotel scene is next, I think. And, and Mo's watching the TV, and the the streetwise. Uh, stuff theme comes on. Everybody does their like little dances and stuff, and they're like the stuff. Um, and they, I think he shuts off the TV, and then the stuff comes out of everywhere. Yeah, you know uh, why it got so far along and killed so many people because every time Mo tried to warn someone, there was no fucking urgency at all in his voice. <laughs> just, like if he had got on national television and been like, "Oh hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, all that stuff that you're eating—it's actually hollowing you out and killing you from the inside." And be like, "Well, I mean, he doesn't seem too worried about it. Whatever, <laughs> we'll just keep eating the shit." Fucking so. <laughs> well, this is this is an allegory for McDonald's, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, McDonald's is causing an obesity epidemic. Uh, y'all gonna die of heart disease. Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> um. So. So this. <laughs> So then, like, they, they go to the radio station, and then it does this even weirder moment it, for me. is Wait, like you're, you're missing the entire part where they go and meet the, this this gorilla warlord who's somehow in America, in Georgia or something. And and he, like, knows Mo, yeah. agrees to go along with it. And then they, they take over the factory that makes that, – that they and then they see all the stuff, like – Coming out of the ground, and then they. This is why, like, there's all this shit. You're like, I just stopped taking notes. Yeah, the, all that shit happens in the span of like ten minutes, and then they get to the radio station, and then Chocolate Chip Charlie comes, and then, 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 then they. Ugh. It's like this movie has a million things going on in it. Um. Yeah. So all that, like, all that happens. They get into the radio station. This this gorilla dude basically starts his like broadcast that has been written for him. Uh, the stuff they they kill the stuff, but then it does this really weird thing where it just cuts to the woman who like has been producing this stuff commercials because he's like stop eating the stuff, destroy the stuff, and then just cuts to her and she's like, and they did <laughs> like she's <just> like <laughs> like we don't have the and time. 
<laughs> they don't have the time to show it happening, really. So it's just like, all right, just bring that girl out. And all of a sudden, there's narration for the last like minute of this movie. <laughs> um, and then we've already alluded to, uh, uh, Adam has alluded to Mo getting vengeance on the people who've been selling the stuff uh, by forcing them to eat it at gunpoint. And then, uh, you know, it ends with you finding out that the stuff is kind of like an underground drug now where people have, are still sneaking it in. Um, but so are, are they so he makes the two guys, the, the head ice cream lords, um, sweet band name, by the way, uh, yeah. he makes them eat the stuff until they're like, like, ah, I got to keep eating it. And then, of course, the, the implication is that they're dying, that they die. Um, so their their plan was, though, to re-release the stuff as the taste. Yeah, which with, is with a like shit name for it's like two percent instead of hundred percent stuff or whatever. Eighty-eight percent ice cream, twelve percent stuff. Okay, yeah. thank you, Adam. Um, Adam is the, the, definitely the math wizard of this podcast. Do, definitely not math, Kelly over here. No. Um, so they decide. Like, do you? Th- I, I, it's always bugged the shit out of me that first of all, the taste is is an awful name for a uh, for a product. I mean, it just it means nothing. It's like word salad. But then I'm thinking like. Would people really – it's been, what, a month since the stuff was taken off shelves and it's now an underground drug um, that people are like, oh, I got the stuff, got the stuff. Um, but, but like with – I feel like the public's memory is short. Yeah. Yes. But wouldn't people be like, hey, this stuff, this stuff, this, this product reminds me of that shit that the government just said kills people and takes over your bodies. Also, the We're logo not- looks exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so <clears throat> every time I've watched this movie, I've been like, "That's just so unbelievable." In an unbelievable <laughs> movie, that's so unbelievable. But then we had our election this past year, and I realized <laughs> we are that gullible. Up, oh, getting political with Scott Roger. <laughs> you but- cut that. <laughs> Why, why, why would we cut that? We're going to get into a nice, deep, philosophical, political conversation here <laughs> about how the stuff relates to our modern-day society today. Well, were I mean, the just... stuff is all white, so <laughs> there you go. Were you, pra- <laughs> oh, nice. were you practicing your Mo impression for, like, the last month and a half? Because you're fucking knocking it out of the park today. <laughs> no, no, no. no you know he started, it's just such an easy impression to do. It's just... <laughs> Just imagine, like, you don't give a shit that thousands of people are dying around you. <laughs> um, all right, so I think that's all we have to say about the stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm stuffed out. Yeah. I'm stuffed. <laughs> I want to I send a quick apology because I am an asshole, uh, and I just realized as I looked up – because this was, this was uh, emailed to us as a suggestion – as I looked up who emailed us this so I could read their, their email, um, I realized that this was picked by John from the Fright Corner podcast. Uh, oh. And we were supposed to have John on the show for this episode. And I apologize right now, John. I'm sending you an email as we speak. Uh, send us another movie pick and we'll definitely get you on. I'm so sorry that I didn't indicate on my document that this was one that we were going to have a guest on. Um What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. 
Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. But now, let's talk about what we watched this week. Uh, I am going to sit this one out because I haven't really watched too much, and I know that Adam has like six notes to go over on uh, the newest flavor of love, so I'd like to just speed right over to that as quickly as possible. Wait. Uh, <laughs> you should let me say a few words about what I watched before Adam Yeah, yeah, I'm going to take it home. You can go minutes. ahead, Scott. Yeah, so, yeah. okay. So <clears throat> I watched one thing um, this week, and uh, – I'm kind of surprised that I did, but I'm also like it, it was really fun. Um, well, it was more fun than I expected. I watched uh, Sadako versus uh, Koyako. I heard that movie is uh, delightful. It's a lot more fun than I was expecting. Now, as you two guys know, and we don't really talk about this on the show because we never pick any of them, but J horror is not my thing. We did we we suffered through a good amount of J horror on um, Reddit Horror Club, and. Uh, I, it's been a couple years of blissful silence as far as that goes in my life. Um, you know, like I, I just don't seek it out. I remember when it was like a huge craze in like 2002 through 2005. And um, it just really burnt me out in the first two years of it. And I was just like, okay, I get it. I've seen every single trope of this. But, you know, I think that the only even remotely sort of J-horror-ish movie that I've watched since in the last couple of years was house uh you know when we when we watched it a couple of years ago and um so i kind of had a fresh fresh consciousness when i when i decided i'll give this a chance because i was feeling a little nostalgic for for like you know the the girl from the rings like what she does to people's faces um and it was it was fun like the i for i have forgotten that j horror is a lot slower paced than American horror in general, like as, as a rule, at least from what I've watched, a lot of it is much more about like creeping you towards like a climactic, uh, finish. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I watched it on shutter cause it's like a shutter exclusive. Um, I, I would recommend it to both of you guys. It's fun. Like it doesn't, it's not super meta, but it also does kind of exist in a post uh, a, a post-internet kind of world, like with a little bit of like the meme feel to it, um, but it's 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 fun. It was a definitely a, a good a good way to spend an hour and a half. I heard uh, and confirm or deny. I heard that there is like a pretty humorous subplot of like the concept that no one has VHS tapes and VCRs, so it's really difficult for the ring girl to get into this world anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty much kind of the uh, the the crux of of how she gets found again. Um, so 
which is true, but also multiple DVD copies of her of 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 the VHS tape are made throughout the movie, and they're never touched upon again at the end. Um, <clears throat> which is not is not as much a loose end as it's like kind of setting up for them. I think it's setting up for for Sadako versus Kayako two, three, four, five. Like I think it's a new I think that they're they're revitalizing the uh both the ring and Juan or the grudge um franchises kind of as one, as a new amalgamated, like a new consolidated uh franchise. And I'm hoping that that wasn't just oversight in the screenwriting because it, it felt like a pretty thoughtfully written film. Um, but yeah, it's there are DVD copies of, of her of her video now. <laughs> uh, all right. I, uh, I'm looking at the clock. I'm seeing what time it is. Oh, and- yeah, you know what time it is. <laughs> flavor, 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 man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what what degradation have you uh, sat through today? <laughs> this one, as bad as it is, is actually one of the the not as as terribly degrading and dehumanizing episodes. Although, still pretty bad. They kind of give the girls some leeway, and they all degrade themselves in this one. Um, so after the whole porn debacle with the girl on the last episode. Uh, stuff's a bit tense in the house. Um, there's a white girl in the house uh, whose name is Buckwild, and uh, <laughs> she has been acting like a like a G the whole time. She's always got like you know just just very much playing it up and, and acting all gangster all the time. So uh, one of the the bigger girls, uh, one of the black girls, calls her out and uh, tries to like ask her where she's from and stuff, and she pretty much says. Um, that she's from like a white suburb and she's like yeah that's my hood and the girl's like uh, i've been there that's like that's not a hood that's that's okay but whatever um so the girls get a flavogram which is uh sort of like a, a message from flav because he's too lazy to go from the upstairs bedroom to the downstairs kitchen to to tell them anything um so he get they get a flavogram and it says that they're going to be having a party today uh and they're all going to have to set up um the party and get it ready for all his friends. Uh, they all just bicker and yell and scream at each other the whole time, as as per usual. So the the party begins with uh, Flav saying that they need to, to treat his guests real good and show his guests a good time. Uh, here's the guest list. Uh, G-Unit, the Ying Yang Twins, uh, Bishop Don Juan, Three Six Mafia, and Warren G., are all the guests at this party, as well as their entourage and all their hanger-ons. So uh, all the girls freak the fuck out. So, uh, you know, they're all excited. And and Flav tells all these people, you know, you got to report back to me. Tell me what you think about all these girls. So from fucking second one, these girls all start acting like strippers. Like, literally getting up on tables, bending over, doing booty shakes, showing off their asses, pulling out titties and stuff. Just really slutting it up. But Flav seems to be pretty cool with it. He seems like, yeah, that's what I told them to do is show my friends a good time. You know, that's that's exactly what I wanted. Um, so, Wait, you know, so they're all... are you trying to say that all these girls aren't already strippers? 
uh, only one is a confirmed stripper. She she straight up says, uh, "Yeah, I have a I have a pole in my living room, and I do like cam shows and stuff." So she Whoa. straight up admits it. Um, yeah, but the rest of them, uh, no, not so much. So yeah, it's like bent over for like twelve dudes shaking their pussies, doing pussy pops and stuff. Um, now the 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 one big girl in the house wants to get in on that action too. So she gets up and she starts shaking her booty. And and everybody just kind of laughs at her. And it's really depressing. It's not very nice. <laughs> um, so by far the sluttiest girl, the one with the stripper pole, uh, decides, you know, all these celebrities are getting all this attention. What I'll do is I'll go and I'll pay attention to their entourage. So she's literally stripping it and slutting it up for, for the hanger-ons, like the no-name people that are in the background of the party. She starts going and, like, flirting with all of them and stuff. Um and she's like pulling her titty out and stuff, and Flav's like, "Whoa, I didn't tell you to be that nice and all this shit." And uh, then it smash cuts to her throwing up in a bathroom because it's it's 11 a.m. when they're having this party, and she got too drunk first thing in the morning. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, it's it's fucking depressing. So <laughs> yeah, as as you're like just gleefully explaining all the horrible shit that this show has these people do. Hey, whatever. I've been there before. That chicken can deal with it. Um, <laughs> so one girl, oh, the one girl gets asked if she's by three six mafia, no less, is asked if she's a fan of Flavor, and she says, "Yeah, I, I like Flavor." And they go, "Oh yeah, <laughs> name one of his songs." <laughs> and she can't name a single fucking song that he's done. <laughs> it just gets called out so hard, and they pull Flav over. And are like, yo, this girl doesn't know any of your music. And it's just so cringy to watch because she's just getting, like, so embarrassed and just ashamed. Um, so whatever, party's over. Flav's going to get the rundown from all his homies about what they think of these girls. Uh, here's the rundown. Uh, they're all fake sluts and they're here for TV. <laughs> Literally everyone. Not a single one gets a, night, a good recommendation from these guys. Um so Flav pulls one of the girls up to his uh, his room the next morning, and they start aggressively making out. Uh, here's a quote for you. I got down on that ass, and she got to apple, son. That's a quote that I wrote down. What, is, what does an apple mean? Uh, just a big booty. Oh, she's got an apple. I thought she got his apple, and I'm like, no, what no. part of his genitalia is the apple? Yeah, that's a, I, I hope his penis isn't shaped like an apple. <laughs> So it's been a while since we had a fight, so uh, these two girls named Boots and Crazy go at it for like 15 minutes while Flav just sits there and watches, and uh, I guess he feels like Boots won the fight because then he takes her to go out for a swim and they aggressively make out in the swimming pool. Um, I like the, so, I like the uh, adjective aggressive there. It's nice. It's, it's always very aggressive. Like, he will grab them angrily by the back of the head, and it's almost like they're smashing mouths together to Boom! Like, you might as well headbutt them with his lips. It's crazy. <laughs> so the big girl's feeling really left out. You know, she's feeling neglected. So she goes to Flav's room and he, she shows them all this uh, like sexy lingerie that she has. And the whole time, like Flav's just mugging to the camera, like ooh, ooh. Uh. Anyway, she gets eliminated that night. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, she gets eliminated, and uh, Flav brings in a special guest that's going to help him judge the next day's competition, and that guest is New York, and all the girls shit their pants. Now, I'll tell you about New York, who New York is, and what happens in the next episode 
on next week's episode of Horror Movie Night. <laughs> so wait, wait, are you saying that that all the girls shit their pants and then Flav has to? Oh no, I forgot pants? that in this show it's a possibility that people might actually shit their pants. <laughs> Nobody actually shits their pants. Can, can maybe maybe I'm alone in this. I don't know how into rap music Scott would be for this opinion, but uh, I'm a little disappointed in Warren G for being at this party. I feel like Warren G has better things to do. He's got yeah. He's, he's got to regulate and perpetrate the streets. <laughs> he honestly he shows up he does his intro and the guy's like yo warren g's here and then you never see him again so i feel like he showed up was like wow this is fucking stupid and just left. <laughs> he's like i'm related to snoop dog i can have better things to do or wait that's nate dog fuck um ah, now you sound like as much of a tool as i would if i were talking about it <laughs> sorry because nate dog and warren g got to regulate that was the stuff from 1985, uh, as picked by John from the Fright Corner podcast. Definitely check them out whenever you have a chance. They are really, really cool guys. Um, I think they've had Scott on the show before. Is that true? Yes, we talked about Maniac, both versions. Uh, and also, you can check us out. You can send us emails and let us know movies that you'd like us to pick by sending us an email at hmnpodcast at gmail.com, as well as checking out our Patreon, uh, which is constantly up. We're, we're always giving away some cool stuff. Uh, we're keeping things super exciting. You can get like free commentary. Well, not free. You're paying for it. But you can get commentary <laughs> tracks from us. You can get some bonus content from us and a bunch of other cool stuff like packages of, of uh, horror swag t-shirts uh and a newsletter we have a newsletter which is uh seems to be pretty well liked by the people who subscribe to it um and because of all that stuff we're able to actually go to conventions and possibly do live events so thank you for allowing us to be at monster mania in literally uh about less than a month away when this comes out so thank you once again is there any places where you guys could recommend that they listen to our show if they haven't before well, you can definitely find us over at HMN Podcast on Twitter. Uh, also, you can find uh, John in the, the Fright Corner at the Fright Corner on Twitter as well if you want to check them out. What about you, Scotty? Uh, you can go to SoundCloud.com backslash, backslash, wow, Horror Movie Night. And you, we have all of our delightful uh, wares for your ears uh, up there. That's... Um, a great place to listen to us. You can also use your podcast app and listen to us via iTunes. You can uh, also rate and review and subscribe that way. And you can check out our Facebook page. Uh, it's always, always exciting over at the Facebook page. It's especially exciting when Adam and Matt use their um, pop culture knowledge to shit post and, and keep people interested throughout the week while we, uh, while we wait with bated breath for a Friday night's episode. And uh, it should be mentioned that, yeah, that Facebook page is probably one of my favorite things on Facebook right now, and not just because it's for our podcast, but because there seems to always be some type of content being posted on there, be it from us or from our our fans who are, I, I mean, I, I'm sure every podcast says this, but our fans are pretty fucking awesome. I, I've really, really learned to to appreciate how dope our fans are compared to a lot of other podcast fans. So fuck those other podcasts. It's all about hard movie night. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've managed a lot of Facebook pages in my time. And um, 
ours is overwhelmingly positive. Like, I don't, I don't just mean like glowing praise for our podcast. I mean, people come in and they're civil and they're fun and they're intelligent and they don't talk shit to each other. It's fantastic. So absolutely. So keep keep uh, keep us on your pod. This is we're we're over eighty episodes in, guys. This is insanity. We're gonna be near a hundred episodes like before the summer, and that is so cool. Uh, so thank you guys, and we will be back next week. Hey, before we go, I, I, you guys want to hear my impression of Mo Rutherford as a doctor? Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it, it appears here that you uh, you've got full blown cancer, and uh, you you've only got about three more months to live. <laughs> I feel like he'd be like, "And you're gonna die tomorrow," because he, he would just be like, "Eh, whatever." I'm afraid that it was a, a stillborn. <laughs> ah, and scene. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 